Thanks for listening to the 242 Young Adults Podcast with Pastor Justin Corkum. Our prayer is that this message will be an encouragement to your life in Christ. Last week we talked about why we need the Holy Spirit. Why we need the Holy Spirit. And we, and we covered three reasons. The first reason was it's better to have the Holy Spirit than to have Jesus himself. And, and we talked about how that's, that sounds crazy how it sounds almost like heresy that, that you would say that it'd be better that you have Holy Spirit than Jesus. But Jesus himself said it in John chapter 16. He said, it's for your benefit that I go away because if I don't go away, then the comfort of the counselor will not come. The advocate will not come. And so we talked about how to, to have the Holy Spirit living in us is better than, than the disciples having the physical presence of Jesus or with them, right around them. The second thing we talked about is the Holy Spirit reveals the words need, the world's need rather, for Jesus. The third was that the Holy Spirit guides us to the truth. And we really closed out uh, last service really talking about how the Holy Spirit transforms us. And we talked about how Peter, remember a couple weeks ago, we talked about Peter and his restoration and how Jesus restored Peter. And then we saw how he reinstated him and how Peter took authority uh, when the Holy Spirit fell at Pentecost. And how he stood up and, and, and this man who was filled with fear was now empowered to stand up and to be used. And it was through his baptism in the Holy Spirit. And we talked about fear. We talked about how fear can hold us back from, from pursuing God relentlessly. In our lives, and how at that moment Peter was a man who was afraid to, to stand up to, to a girl by, by the fire, a servant girl who just questioned him if he was even like, if he knew like who Jesus was. And he said, Well, no, I have no idea. But now that very same Peter was able to stand up in front of a crowd of thousands and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ because the Holy Spirit transforms us. So we talked about our need for the Holy Spirit. And so tonight, I want to talk about our desire, right? If last week we talked about why we need the Holy Spirit, tonight I want to focus on why we want the Holy Spirit. Because I'll tell you what's, what's so important is our motive. Motive is so important in everything that we do. We need to ask ourselves, why are we doing what we're doing? Because if there's one person who knows the reason why we do what we do, is it's the Holy Spirit. How many have ever saved up to buy something, ever? We've, I think we've all saved up, whether it be like, you know, a car or, or a phone or TV or I don't know. What do you guys save up for? All that stuff. <laughs> so you save up for things. Why do you save up for things? I mean, granted, some of us might be saving up to give somebody a, like a birthday present or something. But for the most part, I mean, we save up for things for us, right? And why, why do we do that? We, we save up for things for us because we believe that it's important enough. It's important enough for us to set aside a certain amount of money for us to obtain whatever it is because we believe it will be of some benefit to us. It will give us some form of, of satisfaction. It will fulfill some sort of role or purpose for us. And that's not a bad thing, right? I can buy a car, and I can use that car to, to drive down to, you know, I, I'll use Aaron as an example. He used his car to drive down to 1269 and just like to help out with uh, the homeless and to, to, to be just a hand of Christ extended to them. But, I mean, Aaron could also use his car to go drive down to the liquor store and pick up a bunch of like booze and, and, and get drunk and, and totally like because he just hates where his life is, right? So the car, the, the things that we purchase, it's not necessarily the thing that's bad, but what's the motive? What are, what are we using those things for? You know, you could buy a phone and, and you could, you know, do something great. Maybe somebody got into some sort of accident and you call 911 and and their life is saved or I don't know you could use your phone and call a drug dealer or something like you could use those things for different benefits and different purposes and so you look at the heart of the fact that things benefit us 
That's not what's wrong. What's wrong is when we seek for those things, we use those things solely for our own selfish gain. And that's really what I kind of want to focus in on tonight is when you pursue something for your own benefit, for your own selfish gain. And so if you want to turn your Bibles to the book of Acts, we're going to be looking at chapter 8, and we're going to be reading through verse 5 to 25. So we got a, quite a bit of text that we're going to go through this evening, but it, it's, it's all going to come together, and, and I pray that that this really guides us. We're in the middle of a pursuit of God. Like we're in the middle of, of joining together as a community and, and pursuing the Holy Spirit in a way that will radically change the way that we have relationship with God. And that's when we began this series, that was what was behind it all, is that we are now pursuing the Holy Spirit so that we could be used as a community of believers who impact Manchester, a community of believers where people would begin to know us for us moving in the power of the Spirit, being used by God to build the kingdom of God. And so with this in mind, this is an integral part of really pursuing the Holy Spirit and, and, and seeking after Him. And so Acts, starting at uh, verse 5 of chapter 8, the believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. Now this is, this is when Stephen had just been stoned, he, he just had been martyred, and at that moment when people were laying down their cloaks at the feet of Saul, the church began to be persecuted, and because of that persecution, they spread. And so this is what it's talking about. They scattered, but they preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. Philip, for example, went to the city of Samaria and told the people there about the Messiah. Crowds listened intently to Philip because they were eager to hear his message and see the miraculous signs he did. Many evil spirits were cast out, screaming as they left their victims. And many who had been paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in the city. A man named Simon had been a sorcerer there for many years, amazing the people of Samaria and claiming to be someone great. Everyone from the least to the greatest often spoke of him as the great one, the power of God. They listened closely to him because for a long time he had astounded them with his magic. But now the people believed Philip's message of good news concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ. As a result, many men and women were baptized. Then Simon himself believed and was baptized. He began following Philip wherever he went, and he was amazed by the signs and great miracles Philip performed. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that the people of Samaria had accepted God's message, they sent Peter and John there. As soon as they arrived, they prayed for these new believers to receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them, for they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John laid their hands upon these believers, and they received the Holy Spirit. When Simon saw that the Spirit was given, upon, uh, when the apostles laid their hands on the people, he offered them money to buy this power. Let me have this power too, he exclaimed, so that when I lay my hands on people, they will receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter replied, may your money be destroyed with you for thinking God's gift can be bought. You can have no part in this, for your heart is not right with God. Repent of your wickedness and pray to the Lord. Perhaps he will forgive you uh, of the, your evil thoughts. For I can see that you are full of bitter jealousy and held captive by sin. Pray to the Lord for me, Simon exclaimed, that this ter the terrible things you have said won't happen to me. After testifying and preaching the word of the Lord in Samaria, Peter and John returned to Jerusalem and they stopped in many Samaritan villages along the way to preach the good news. Father, we pray that your will would be done tonight, Holy Spirit, that you would guide and direct uh, the very word of God tonight as, as we are just 
pursuing you, I pray that you would just direct us this evening, that you would be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to talk tonight about two reasons. We're going to hit two reasons kind of for wrong reasons and and right reasons. But the first thing I want to talk about is wrong reasons why we want the Holy Spirit. And it's, it's seen in this story of Simon the sorcerer, this, this man who pleased the crowds for so long. And the first reason is attention. The first reason, first wrong reason to desire the Holy Spirit in your life is attention. Simon was filled with pride. In Acts 8, chapter 9, it says that he claimed to be someone great. Literally, this guy would, would go around and ask, I, I'm, I'm someone great. Oh, I'm the great Simon, sorcerer of Samaria. Now, we wouldn't go around and, and I mean, we wouldn't have the audacity to, to tell people how great we are. You know what I mean? It's not like, you know, Marcus is going around Southern New Hampshire University and going, Hi, my name's Marcus. I'm awesome. You know, you should really get to know me because I'm the greatest. There's pretty much no one greater than me. You know, we don't, we wouldn't, we would never do that. We would never do that. But this guy was so proud of his abilities, so proud of the things that he did, that he would proclaim his his greatness. You know, and, and I would go to say that there are people who would go out and talk about how great they are. Um, and that's the kind of person Simon was. But I think that there's something we can learn here is that daily we need to search our hearts and we need to ask God to remove any form of, of pride and replace it with humility. God, may I never be filled with pride to the point where I want the attention to be on me. But God, help me to stay humble before you. C.S. Lewis said this on pride, and it's powerful. It says, according to Christian teachers, the essential vice, the utmost evil, is pride. Unchastity, anger, greed, drunkenness, and all that are mere flea bites in comparison. It was through pride that the devil became the devil. Pride leads to every other vice. It is the complete anti-God state of mind. It is pride which has been the chief course of misery in every nation and every family since the world began. The root of most sin is pride. Because pride, if you look at the definition, it includes the idea of arrogance, cynical insensitivity to the needs of others, and presumption. Listen to this, a sinful individual who shifts ultimate confidence from God to self. When you begin to look at self, because this is our battle. I mean, let's be honest. This is the battle that every person faces, is a constant surrender of what they want, of what they think they need, about what they desire for what God has, for what God knows we need for what God desires for us. That's our, that's our constant battle. God, how do I lay down self? And so when we look at this, the very nature of pride is self. It, it, it detracts from everything else. Our focus is not on, on God. Our focus is not on others. Our focus is, is on us, and that's what pride does. The moment that somebody uh, you know, hurts your pride, takes a, a stab at who you are, then you have this retaliation. Well, no, I've got to defend who I am, because why? You're focusing about, about who you are, not, not thinking about anybody else. Simon was more confident in himself than in God. And here's the dangerous thing. Simon's pride was fueled by others. If you look at verses 10 and 11, it said, everyone from least to greatest spoke of him as the great one, the power of God. They listened closely to him because for a long time he astounded them with his magic. And let me tell you something. There is, this, is a, this is a primary danger 
you know, when the Holy Spirit begins to use you, when, when you know, we, we keep talking about being used by the Holy Spirit to build the kingdom of God. Well, what does that look like? And we talk about, you know, laying our hands on people and, and seeing healings take place, uh, you know, speaking words of prophecy over people, words of knowledge, being used in the gifts of the Spirit, right? And one of the things we must always be on guard against is pride being fueled by others. Because there'll be people who come to you and say, wow, like, you're, like it's so great how you do that, and I wish that I could do that or, or, or pray for someone for healing or, or to, to know, like, have a word of knowledge about what's going on in somebody's life and be able to encourage them. Like, I, I wish I, was, I could do that like you do. And, and there's an opportunity for pride to grow within our heart. And this is what happened with Simon. Regardless of the fact, okay, we can ignore the fact that he was being used by a power that wasn't of God. The fact was that he was doing things that were not normal. And people noticed that he was operating in, in a way that was not normal, and they, and they would praise him for it. People are drawn to the supernatural. That's, I mean, within us all, there's a desire for God. There's a need for God, and people are drawn to the supernatural. That's where people shoot off into all different paths, but really it's, it's, it's a false attempt at reaching God. And so what has God desired for us? He desires for us to move in the supernatural, to work in the supernatural. Why? Because we can, through His Spirit, through the power of the Holy Spirit, build the kingdom of God. The problem is keeping our pride in check. They were chasing the thrill of the supernatural, the experience or the, we'll say the gift rather, instead of the one responsible for giving the gift. But now the attention was gone. All of a sudden this guy named Philip came strolling in to Samaria, and he was doing even greater things than what Simon did. He was now taking the attention away from Simon. I just want to read briefly. Simon goes into Samaria, and verse 12 says, The people now believed Philip's message of good news concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ. As a result, many men and women were baptized. Now check this out. When Simon performed miracles, when Simon operated in the supernatural, he said, look how great I am. But when Philip operated in the supernatural, he said, look how great Christ is. When, when you're used by the Holy Spirit, it's not about you. It's about Christ, the Holy Spirit, doing a work in you. Pride will seek to put the attention on you and not the Holy Spirit. There's no greater contrast of pride and humility than between Simon's message of self-elevation and Philip's message of Christ's death and resurrection. And our purpose as believers is to elevate Christ, right? John said in, in the book of John 3.30, John said that I must become less and less and he must become greater and greater right he must increase i must decrease ideally and and here's an illustration because this is what i tell our worship team ideally i want to disappear on stage i don't want people to to and and i actually tell i use this as an example for people who you know need some work in the area of maybe an instrument or something like that. Because if all of a sudden we're, we're worshiping and you just hear like, and then all of a sudden you're like praising God and then all of a sudden you're like, whoa, what is that? You're, dis you're, you're distracting people from, from the presence of God because now they're more concerned about the buzzing noise than they are about worshiping God. And I even go as far as to those who are super talented and very gifted to say that this is not you going, 
not going crazy either because you're doing the exact same thing. This is about disappearing on stage. This is about nobody seeing us because it's not about us. It's about the Lord. And that's, that should be our mentality as believers. God, I want to be so powerfully used by your Holy Spirit, but I want to disappear. I don't want people to see me. I don't want people to exalt me. I don't want people to say, hey, look at you, how great you are. I want people to see you. So whatever it takes, God, would you just make me decrease, Lord, because I want you to increase. I want people to see you, not me. That should be our heart desire. In everything that we do, may we be driven by that desire that we would decrease and that he would increase. The second wrong reason that we seek the Holy Spirit is simply just hunting for miracles. Simon sought the supernatural, just like so many people in the world today seek the supernatural. In verse 13, it says that Simon himself believed and was baptized and he began following Philip wherever he went. And he was amazed by the signs and great miracles Philip performed. You see, you see the emphasis there? In verse 12, we'll read it again. It says, people believe Philip's message of the good news concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ. People believe the message. Simon was amazed by Philip. Simon followed Philip wherever he went because of what Philip was doing. It was not about God. He, he missed the point at this moment that, that it wasn't this man who was doing these things. He began following this man because of what he was doing. And let me tell you, there are a lot of believers who are following people that are used by the Spirit instead of the Holy Spirit. And, and that's dangerous sometimes because we can elevate these great men and women who God, yes, is using mightily, but don't elevate a man or a person because the only reason that they're able to do what they're doing is because they're being empowered by the Holy Spirit. We need to elevate the Spirit. Always, always, always we need to elevate the Holy Spirit. And so he was uplifting Philip because of what Philip was doing. See, we must seek the Holy Spirit, not the moving of the Holy Spirit. Because let me tell you what, people are a lot more attracted to the moving of the Holy Spirit than they are to the Holy Spirit. They're more attracted to the things that the Holy Spirit can do than to the Holy Spirit himself. And I'll give you an example, all right? Let's pretend, and my wife isn't here tonight, uh, but I'm going to use her as an example anyway, because I always do. Let's pretend that before I met my wife, before we were friends, I knew that she was a very giving person, which she is, but I knew that she would, she would always buy gifts for her friends that were close with her. You know, I always hear them talking about how, well, Steph, you know, she's so, she's so awesome. She, like, she went to the store the other day. She just bought me this because, you know, she was just thinking about me, and she just wanted, well, she does all the time. But follow me, for the sake of the story, I'm not friends with Steph, but I know that Steph gives gifts to her friends. So all of a sudden, I'm like, I like gifts. Maybe I should be Steph's friend. So I try as hard as I can. You know, I, 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 I try to get her attention. You know, I, I try to, to, to set up instances where we could just talk, and, and, and I let her know how much I want to be her friend, but all I'm doing is trying to get a gift. If she was to actually get me something one day, did I, do I deserve? Do I deserve that gift? What was a, my motive the entire time was to get a gift. But how many times, and this is what's crazy, how many times do we come to the Holy Spirit and we say, I want, I want the Holy Spirit in my life. I want to be used by the Holy Spirit. You know, I, tr I, try, I try so much to get the attention of the Holy Spirit and, you know, I, and to, to be close with the Spirit. And, and, and I want the Spirit to, to use me. And, and we say these things. But are there underlining reasons behind the words that we're saying? Because we can say those very things and be searching for a gift rather than relationship with the Holy Spirit. 
Now, I'm not saying that we're not to seek gifts, right? Paul says, earnestly seek spiritual gifts. Why? We're going to talk about that in a moment. We seek after the gifts. And this is, and I want to just, I want to make sure, because we are going to be pursuing the Holy Spirit, and I want to make sure that our motive is in the right place. Because Paul says himself that if you, had tongue, if you could speak the tongues of angels, if you had every word of knowledge, every, every powerful healing, if you could have every gift imaginable, but you don't have love, it's all a clanging cymbal, a noisy gong. How many of you have like, literally like, stood next to a gong when it goes off? It is obnoxious. And that's what, that's what Paul's trying to say. If you don't have love, but you have every single spiritual gift... You're obnoxious. You missed the point because it's love that drives us. And if we have love in our heart for the Holy Spirit, love for other people, then as the Holy Spirit enables us with the gifts of the Spirit, then we're going to make a hundred times, a million times more difference when we allow love to be the driving force, force in our hearts. And that's the point. We do this to the Holy Spirit, and, and maybe, you know, we're, we're talking about what are the right reasons for seeking the Holy Spirit, right? You, you might, not, might not really know what the right reasons are, you know, because I, I feel like the, the Holy Spirit's been preached for the purpose of the Holy Spirit is, is to, for the gifts. And the problem here is that we turn the Holy Spirit into this, this power or this force that, that needs to be, like, harnessed by us. And we need to recognize, and there's several things, and I, and I have a couple things just from uh, Francis's, uh, Francis Chan's book. We've got to recognize crucial truths about the Holy Spirit. The first is the Holy Spirit is a person. It's not a thing. It's not a power. He's a person. John 14, 17 says, The Spirit dwells with you, and in you. This calls us to relationship with him. If you think about someone who is with you, not only with you, in you, it's more than just an it, it's more than just a power. He is the Holy Spirit, and he's with us, and he's in us, and we've been called to relationship with him. The Holy Spirit is God. He's equal, not lesser, not different. He is equal, with God. He is God. The Holy Spirit is eternal and holy. He's forever and empowers us to please Him through holiness. The Holy Spirit has His own mind and He prays for us. Romans 8.27 says, The Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. The Holy Spirit has emotion. Ephesians talks about how we shouldn't grieve the Holy Spirit. Chan talks about how, how he thought that that was ridiculous, that, you know, the idea of us grieving God is, is you know, that's crazy. How, like, who am I to grieve God? But doesn't that display the love of God? For us, there's a quote that says, the spirit is grieved when there's a breach in relationship, whether relation with God or relationship with other people. So, what are the right reasons? And we're just going to, I really want to bring this evening to a close, because uh, I really want to spend some time really seeking after uh, just the Holy Spirit tonight. And the first thing is that we need to be led by Him. To be led by Him. If you look at verse 14 to 23, the apostles come, Peter and John are there, they pray for people to receive the Holy Spirit, and they receive the Holy Spirit. Simon sees this. He sees this display of power, the proof of them being filled with the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And he says, let me have this power so that 
whoever I lay my hands on, they would receive the Holy Spirit. Now, doesn't that sound, that doesn't sound like a horrible request. I, I want to be able to, to see people baptized in the Holy Spirit. I, I want to see that through me. And this is what I'm getting at. Because there's a lot of people that say, I want to be, be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I want to be empowered. I want to lay my hands on the sick and see them healed. And that's amazing. That's an incredible statement. Just like I want to lay my hands on somebody to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. What's the, dif the difference here is the motive of the heart. And that's always what it is. It comes down to what's our motive for the Holy Spirit in our lives. Peter, through the revelation of the Holy Spirit, saw his heart. And he said, I can see you're filled with bitter jealousy. And there, there's sin all over your life right now. Now, I'm not saying or condemning any one of us here that you're full of sin and all of that because you have a desire to be used by the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is that our heart to be used needs to be in the right place. It's to be led by Him. Simon wanted the power of the Spirit to lead the Spirit. Give me this power so that I can lay my hands on people. Hey, you, power of the Holy Spirit. Let me do the lead. I want to have that power. You know what? Let me give you some money. Give me that power. I want that. When you're seeking the Holy Spirit, you take a back seat. It's not about your agenda. It's not about you standing out, looking amazing, this is not about you being super person. This is about lives. This is about souls being transformed. This is about people experiencing the love of Christ. This is about a dying and lost world seeing the hope of Jesus Christ. This is not about you at all. And the moment that we get that, the moment that we realize that the Holy Spirit is not here to just pump us up and to put us on a pedestal and, and, and to make us, you know, this great person. I got to tell you, this was something that I, as a kid growing up in a, in a Pentecostal church, it took a while before I could just deconstruct all of the stuff that I had already built in my mind in regards to the Holy Spirit because what I did was I turned these individuals into like a Superman type thing. My, one of my mentors when I was young, he was used in the area of healing. He was used in the area of prophetic word. Uh, he was used in the area of even uh, word of knowledge to where he would bring people up and he would tell them what they did at like 4.30 in the evening uh, you know, the, the day before, what job they worked. And I began to see him move in the power of the Spirit, and I desired what he had. I was Simon. I didn't care about the gospel. I didn't care about, about souls being changed. I thought it was just amazing that this guy could see things into, into people's life and be used. I just wanted that. And when we make it about a gift... When we make it about this superpower, right? That's because that's how I viewed him. I thought he was like some sort of like Superman, or he was some sort of like superhero, and I thought it was so cool, and I just wanted that. And I was young then, so you know, obviously, <laughs> we do that, you know. But I missed the point. And there are too many of us that are seeking after the Holy Spirit simply just for a gift, but we don't recognize the relationship that we can have with the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> Truly being led by the Spirit results in overcoming sin. 
It's by the power of the Spirit we put to death the misdeeds of the body. The Spirit sets us free from the sins we cannot get rid of on our own. This is a lifelong process we entered into in partnership with the Spirit when we first believed. One of the reasons we need the Holy Spirit, one of the reasons why we should desire the Holy Spirit is because He allows us to please the Lord. As you enter into relationship with the Holy Spirit, He enables you to please God by living a life that is worthy of the calling that you've been given. Number two, being led by Him furthers an intimate relationship with God. Romans 8 talks about how we're We're children of God. Through the Spirit, we have received a spirit of adoption as children, which leads us into intimacy with the Father instead of a relationship based on fear and slavery. The Spirit bears witness to us that we are His children. I told you about the time I was in Israel. And the girl and her dad were eating ice cream together and and Remember the, the dad, he left to get her more ice cream. But then she like, I guess she got mixed up. She didn't realize she went to go get her more ice cream. And she just starts screaming out, Abba, Abba, Abba. And I'm like, boom. You ever get like a word from the Lord? It hit me there. He said, that's the kind of relationship that I want to have with you where Paul says that we have the type of relationship where we can cry out, Abba, Father. The Holy Spirit furthers that intimacy with God. And if you want to draw closer to the Lord, you seek the Holy Spirit. Number three, being led by the Spirit results in power and witnessing, and strength to accomplish God's purpose. From the Spirit, we receive power to be God's witnesses to the ends of the earth. It is the Spirit who draws people to the gospel, the Spirit who equips us with the strength we need to accomplish God's purposes. The Holy Spirit not only initially draws people to God, He also draws believers closer to Jesus. You're beginning to see the purpose and the love behind relationship with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit helps us in difficult circumstances. Not only that, He helps us to speak in difficult circumstances. When we're in precarious situations and we need to bear witness, those moments where we don't have the words to say. I remember I was talking with with an atheist one time. I, I was at this, in high school, I went to this, uh, I forget what it was called, it was some sort of camp type thing, and, and I was roomed with an atheist, and I was reading my word, and as I read every day, he had asked me, like, why do you even believe in that stuff? And I had no idea what to say, but then all of a sudden, I just opened my mouth, and words begin to come, and, and things begin to just trigger. And as I begin speaking, I'm stepping back going like, man, that was a good point. I didn't even know I knew that point. And it was totally not me. I knew that I was being used by the Holy Spirit because there's no way that Justin Corkum could have came up with something that made that much sense, to be honest. That's the power of the Spirit. When you have the Spirit in you, He's going to give you words to speak to to people in your job, to to friends that you don't know how to witness to, to to people in your life that you would say they're impossible. Why? Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, you can bring freedom into bondage. You can bring freedom into people who are bound because it's not through your mind, but it's through His power that He uses you to transform the world around you. Being led by Him leads us to comfort, advice, encouragement, and strength. The counselor teaches and reminds us of what we need to know and remember. He is our comforter, our advisor, our encourager, and our strength. He guides us in the way we should go. Are you starting to see the relationship here? 
This is not just a force. This is not just a thing. This is relationship with the Holy Spirit. And we need it. We need him. We need this relationship. We need this relationship so badly. We can't do Christianity. We can't walk with God without a relationship with the Holy Spirit. The second right reason for wanting the Holy Spirit is to edify the church. I just want to share with you six things that we can learn from Simon, and this is from Pastor David Padfield. He said, number one, Simon made great claims. Number two, he drew large crowds. Number three, he had many influential followers, right, from the least to the greatest. He had great people who were following him. Simon could offer moving testimonials, right? How many people said, Simon, the power of God. He had people saying great things about him. He could perform astonishing feats, almost like the, the Pharaoh's magicians as they conjured up some sort of response to Moses in the moving of God. He was able to move in some sort of power, some form of, of, of power. Simon was also in Samaria a very long time. And I think about this. How many churches... Well, there's so many people that say great things about this church. Well, there's, there's so many people... That, that go to that church. Well, the pastor, he's been there for a really long time. And we, we measure success according to these things, but I think it's proof that you can, you can be without the Holy Spirit and still see success. You can formulate, and even Francis Chan talks about this, you can formulate an hour and a half service that's really nice, and there's a lot of bells and whistles, and it, it can attract people for an hour and a half one day a week. But is that successful relationship with God? This is not the relationship that God is calling us to. And what I don't want is for this ministry to be focused on how, how large it is, to be focused on, on how influential our people are or what people say about us or what astonishing feats we can do if we don't have a sincere heart to edify others through the Holy Spirit, it's all for nothing. The last thing, 1 Corinthians 12, 7, but to each one is given the manifestations of the Spirit for the common good. The NLT says the Spirit uses us so we can help each other. Now I want you to take a look around right now at, at different people in this room. I want you to kind of make eye contact with, with everyone. Let this sink really deep in your hearts right now. Because the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit He's all about us getting together to edify each other. It's about community. It's about being there for, for each other to support one another. And how many times do we say, Holy Spirit, I want to be used by you. But we, don't, we can't look around in this room right now and say that I've, I've interceded and prayed that the Holy Spirit would help me encourage the person to my left or to my right. The Holy Spirit, one of the primary purposes of the Holy Spirit is to enable us to edify each other, to be there for one another. I just want to read a quote I already read. The Spirit is grieved when there is a breach in relationship. 
whether relation with God or relationship with other people. And I think about how church has become a one-day affair. How we come in and we just sit down and we listen to music and then we, we listen to somebody talk to us out of the Bible and then we go our separate ways and we're never with the people that we're next to sitting next to every single week, a single day for the rest of the week. We're not in contact with them. We're not in touch with them. And I think about how the Holy Spirit is grieved at the breach in relationship in the church. Because we're not being there for each other. To be led by Him. A lot of things we talked about are internal victory, internal relationship with God, external strengthening of the the body of Christ or the building of the kingdom of God. We can be so... I feel like we get so internally minded as a church... And there's been, it's a healthy movement, really, that's sweeping now. That's this, this outward movement. Outreach. Reaching the world around us, and we need it. Because that's, that's one of the purposes of the Holy Spirit, is to, to enable us to do that. But we need Him to edify one another. Are we seeking the Holy Spirit for the sake of others? That's what this all comes down to. Are we seeking the Holy Spirit for the sake of others? And I know that we've been pursuing Him. And I want to give opportunity. Um, We're going to soak in His presence. We're going to pursue after Him. I know that there are people here that are seeking the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And we started three weeks ago and we declared to the Holy Spirit that we were going to relentlessly pursue after him and that's going to continue tonight and so what I'm going to do is if you desire just to receive the Holy Spirit could you just raise your hand just the baptism in the Holy Spirit What I'd like is I'm not going to call you guys up here. Um, What I would like for you to do is to seek him. And I've really felt from the Lord this afternoon I was going to call people forward for this, but I believe that God desires to baptize people tonight in the Holy Spirit. And yes, we we will pray for you guys, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray just a, a prayer, a blessing for those who may feel they need to leave, but for those who are seeking the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, we're going to wait on the Lord tonight. And we're going to seek his face. And we're going, to, we're going to pray. And God's going to do a mighty work. So I'm just going to pray. Father, thank you so much for this opportunity. Holy Spirit, it's our desire that we would seek you. That we would be led by you. That we would, that we would edify those around us. And God, forgive us. Forgive us if we've been focused on ourselves if we've allowed pride to sneak in, Lord, if we've sought attention for ourselves, or Lord, just to, to, to seek you, God, just for our own personal benefit, Lord God, I pray that you would forgive us. Lord, I pray that you would forgive us if we've chased after the miraculous, but we haven't chased after you, oh Jesus. Because tonight, we're, we're chasing after relationship, oh God. 
Lord, we pray right now that you would allow us as we seek your face, Holy Spirit, that you would just reach down and touch us and not, not a, a seeking after anything for our own benefit, but, but to seek after relationship with you, to, be, to seek after just that, the baptism and the empowerment from you for the sake of others, not for our own sake, but for the sake of the people in our lives, that the kingdom would be built that the kingdom would grow because of your power in us, O oh God. Lord, keep our hearts always motivated by love, O oh Jesus. Help us, Lord, to seek your face. Father, to, to relentlessly pursue you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I know, Lord God, that there are distractions in our lives, oh God. And Lord, in, in each and every single one of our lives, there's opportunity for distraction. Even a spirit of, of distraction that sneaks in and steals away time pursuing after you, God. So we just rebuke that spirit of distraction in Jesus' name, and we make a declaration that we will fully and wholeheartedly pursue you, Jesus. And Holy Spirit, we know that you've got great and mighty things in store for your children as we pursue after you. So God, I pray for those who, who need to go tonight. I pray you bless them. Father, that you would just allow this word to, to just stay in their heart. And that Holy Spirit, they would truly seek to be led by you, to be empowered by you, and to edify the church. And we just give you thanks and praise in the mighty name of Jesus. We hope that you are encouraged and blessed by today's message. If you would like to know more about 242, you can email Pastor Justin at jcorkum at manchesterassembly.org. You can also tweet us at 242NH. Again, that's T. W-O-42-N-H. Or on Facebook, you can look us up under 242 Young Adults. We look forward to your feedback, and we'll see you next time.